Hey everybody, this is Chuck Marone. This week is our member drive at Strong Towns, and it's really important to me that you go to our website, strongtowns.org, and sign up to become a member. We really need your support. Uh, we have so many things planned, so many things that we're doing. This podcast, we've doubled our audience this year. With your support, we'll double it again and again and again. And we're going to keep sharing this message with as many people and as many places as possible. Go to strongtowns.org, sign up to become a member today, show your support and help us continue to spread this message. The more people that hear it, the more change we see. Strongtowns.org. Take care, everybody. If what I am is what's in me, then I'll stay strong, that's who I'll be. And I will always be the best me that I can be. There's only one me, I admit. Have a dream, I'll follow it. It's up to me to try. Oh, I'ma keep my head up high. Keep on reaching high. Never gonna quit, I'll keep it stronger. And nothing's gonna bring me down. Hey everybody, this is Chuck Marone with Strong Towns. Welcome back to the Strong Towns Podcast. This week, as you know, is our member drive. And I have on the line with me from Sebastopol, California, a guy that I've hung out with at a number of places, including at the last CNU. He was at our summit in Tulsa. I did some work with him for a couple of days in Santa Rosa, California. Uh, he's an architect and urbanist and an author of the blog, Small Town Urbanism. Paul Fritz, welcome to the Strong Towns podcast. Thank you very much. Hey, now, Rachel sent me some stuff, some background on you, and I have to admit that I remember one of these things, but I, I didn't remember the rest. You're a founding member of a group called The Core Project, uh, which is a, a group of business owners. You're also the co-founder of Urban Community Partnership, which is a nonprofit in Northern California. Talk a little bit about those two groups. What, what got you involved in that? Well, The Core Project uh, happened first, and it was, yeah, it's a group of several architects, landscape architects, a couple of graphic designers that had met the city I live in had had this economic summit uh, it was maybe 2009 or something and this group had all gotten together and I wasn't part of that I didn't hadn't gone to the economic summit but as part of that this group formed as a way to kind of continue the conversation and talk about how to encourage economic redevelopment and vitality in our small town and kind of a friend of mine introduced me to one of the people in this group. And so I started attending and we sort of coalesced around kind of this core group of people, about seven or eight of us that were just very interested in, yeah, improving the vitality of our community and talking about, you know, since we were all mostly designers, talking about ways that design can enhance that. And so we just started doing different events and programs. And the first thing that we really, kind of big thing we did was we organized a, an ideas competition so we put it out to the world of, you know, kind of what's the future of Sebastopol look like, you know, and um, we got, I think, 26 entries from around the country and actually maybe a handful from out of the country. And uh, it was really fascinating. It really kind of stimulated some dialogue in the community. We did a sort of like an, almost like an art opening one night where we had all of the presentation boards on display and we probably had four or 500 people come out for that evening to see, you know, what this was about, which for a town of 7,500 people was pretty significant. Totally blew us all away. And we were, had no idea that many people were that interested in this kind of stuff. And, and so that sort of evolved from that. Um, we've done a few other events. We ended up 
uh, applying for and receiving a grant from the American Institute of Architects called the Sustainable Design Assessment Team. And so they sent a group of, we had, you know, architects, uh, a couple urban designers, landscape architects, a transportation engineer come to the community and they do like a three-day charrette where they meet with stakeholders and they do kind of a visioning process. So that was part of what the core project has done. And, you know, just recently we did a a parklet, just a one-day parklet event to encourage people to think about our downtown pedestrian space differently. And so, yeah, it's been really interesting. We included that piece that you wrote on the parklet. We ran that on our on our site too. We shared that. Yes. That seemed like a pretty good project. You think there's going to be any anything that results out of that? You know, it was interesting because we a few years ago um really encouraged the city to adopt an ordinance that would allow parklets and we were successful in that and we had brought someone up from San Francisco who sort of ran San Francisco's parklet program. And he came up and did a lecture one night, and so we were just sort of advocating for this, you know, way to reconsider pedestrian space. And so this event in April, I think something will come out of it. And we had several downtown businesses that were really enthusiastic about it and really would like to do something on a more permanent basis. I mean, this was really just a one-day event, and generally I would say it was very successful. I mean, we took away seven parking spaces, which, you know, some people were rather freaked out about, but there didn't seem to be any kind of real downside to it. <laughs> you know, no one was not able to park anymore. Yeah, so I know we're, we're, we're talking about, you know, now trying to meet with these businesses that were interested in pursuing this further and trying to support them and, and moving this through a, a more permanent process. One of the issues we have is that our Main Street is a state highway. So we have to go, you know, through Caltrans to get all this kind of stuff permitted, which we were successful in doing for this one-day event. We got a Caltrans encroachment permit for the one-day event, and now we're hoping to make some permanent ones. Is this Bodega Avenue? Is that the one you're talking about? No, so it's Main Street. Oh, it's actually called Main Street. It's actually called Main Street, and Bodega Avenue is also a state highway. We're at an intersection of two state highways, basically. We're sort of a crossroads town of two state highways, which has, you know— a lot of issues <laughs> for our little town. Yeah. Well, it's, in California, I've seen it many times in cities, nice little places like yours that have the, the highways running through the middle. And it, it makes it difficult because Caltrans is not exactly uh, amenable to the things that you would, the bodegas along Bodega Avenue, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Well, this is our member drive week. And I, I want to ask you a little bit about how Strong Towns has, has helped you with these projects that you've been doing. You've been with us a long, long time. What is it about our message that helps you communicate with other people and and, and helps you in the work you're trying to do there in making your place a a better place? There's just so much, just a plethora of information on the Strong Towns website. I mean, there's just so many, you guys just do such a great job of covering such a broad range of topics. So it's just a great resource. And my pointed people to Strong Town's website. I do it all the time. Just on your blog and, you know, the stuff that you write, the podcasts. Um, I think there's just a lot of really useful information and different ways of thinking about things that have never, people just don't think about them in that way. And the one thing that, that, you know, the, was it the Taco John's? I mean, that was one of the first things I think I came across. And that's the stuff that was such a powerful thing. And I pointed to that 
so many times to different people and talked about that. And that's why we had you guys come out here as part of Urban Community Partnership. You know, it was just just a really interesting message and a different way of talking about development and, and as we move to the future and how to get a better grasp on developing places for people, you know, instead of just places for cars like we've been doing for the past 70 or 80 years. I think that's just a really good resource that I use it all the time for myself, my own work, and just to share with other people in the community is, you know, different ideas for how to develop or just projects or just ways to think about things. Joe Minicosi and I came out to Santa Rosa and you were a big part of making that happen. There were three evening lectures that we did. In addition to a bunch of stuff during the day, we had three evenings that were taken up by us sharing stuff. And the audiences grew every time. I mean, we had a huge first night and then an even bigger second night. And then the third night, the place was packed. Talk a little bit about the energy around that engagement and what did that do to the conversation? Did that make things easier for you? Uh, what were some of the outcomes of that engagement? It has gotten us a seat at the table in the conversation in a lot of ways. Um, we've we've been contacted by different jurisdictions in the area to do either presentations or talk about what we did in Santa Rosa. We did have Joe come back and do a follow-up analysis of a couple of specific sites at the request of a couple of cities who, where you know people heard one of your presentations. And we've, we're referred to, I mean, there was a project in the neighborhood where you guys did the presentation. It was a, a fairly substantial, I think it was a 200, over 200 unit housing project on a site that had been various things for years, but it was kind of an old underutilized site, just a couple blocks from, from where we get the lecture and where we're getting this new commuter train line about to open up imminently. That's a really appropriate place to put housing. I mean, there's not been a lot of housing in the area and it's a walkable place it's close to downtown it's close to you know shopping and businesses and close to the train and it was really an appropriate place to put this kind of a project and because it was in a historic district they had to go through a cultural heritage board a design review and all this process and it was the design was denied by the cultural heritage board because it was seven feet over the height limit even though the existing building that was on the site was also seven feet over the height limit, they didn't want the new building to be seven feet over the height limit. You know, one of those stupid things that happens <laughs> in, in this process, you know, entitlement process that we have. So anyway, so it was appealed by the developer to the city council, and, and we, you know, we got people to write letters and go to the city council meeting and talk about, you know, this is the appropriate place for this kind of development. This is where you want to have the higher density two blocks from your train station. This is where you want to have this kind of thing. And we were successful. I mean, that previously there's a lot of NIMBYs in the neighborhood that didn't want it. And they were pushing on all these other, you know, previous public meetings to deny the project. And in the end, the city council approved it and actually referred to our group, Urban Community Partnership, as, you know, kind of changing this conversation and, and having you know, educated people about why this is important, this kind of development is important in this place rather than out on the edge of town, you know. So it, was, it felt good that people are acknowledging us for that kind of thing. I felt like there was a lot of momentum with that conversation and a lot of, a lot of really great people there. California is such a hard place, really, for me, because it, it is all kind of post-war development, right? The percentage of post-war stuff to pre-war stuff is, is really, really high. And so it, 
it's almost like you're introducing a new language to people. The Taco John's one being a good example, you know, you guys don't have a lot of that old implied stuff. A lot of it is the the Taco John's, right? Yeah, exactly. But there is a, you know, there is a definitely an interest in it. You know, I think there there are people that do want to live in places like that, you know, and would live in a more urban environment, a more walkable place, and and it's a, it's an undermet need. I mean, Santa Rosa is a population of, I don't know, 160, 170,000. It's a fairly good-sized city, but it has a very, you know, there's not much of an urban core to it for a city of that size. It is, like you said, very mostly post-war development, very suburban, you know, that still thinks of itself as this little country town, when in fact it's, it's you know, a substantial-sized city at this point, and, but the urban form doesn't really reflect that so much. You joined the planning commission in your city. Now you've been made the chair, which I am going to assume I should congratulate you on that. Sometimes those are <laughs> not places of prestige, but you're the, you're the one who volunteered to take the most bullets. Uh, so talk a little bit about your experience on the Plan Commission, and particularly I'd, I'd like to know if, uh, if any of our work has helped you out there in any way. I'd say it's helped some. Again, I, I often you know, refer other commissioners to things I find on Strongtown's website to kind of understand a different way of thinking about things. And it's definitely changed or helped, you know, me when I had to talk about some of these topics, stuff I've learned from Strongtown. But, you know, it's often an uphill battle with other people just because it's not something that people are familiar with or necessarily comfortable with. And, you know, it's, often just much easier to do business as usual and so there can still be resistance and pushback but you know I, I feel that the more I learn about strong towns ideas and the more comfortable I get sort of reciting them myself um, the easier it is but you know there still is a lot of a lot of resistance and a lot of oh we just rather just do what we always do and it can certainly be a frustrating experience. <laughs> you know, I've definitely, I'm, I'm not always coming out, uh, you know, where I want things to come out. Um, and I have to, you know, but it is a, you know, it's a seven member body and we have a conversation and we deliberate and we ended up usually taking a vote on something and, you know, I don't always get my way, <laughs> but, you know, I do what I can. I've been on the planning commission here now in Brainerd for six months Back uh, in the late 1990s, I was on the planning commission in a different city where I, I lived at that time. I try on an opportunistic kind of way to introduce Strong Town's ideas, but there's no, like, you can't go in with, like, an agenda and say, okay, this month I'm going to teach you this, and this month I'm going to teach you that. You, you really have to kind of go with the, uh, you know, the opportunities as they present yourself. At least that's what I found. I don't know if you, uh, maybe in the chair, you can direct things a little bit more. Not, not so much. <laughs> I mean, uh, yeah, the way it seems to work here, and I, I'm trying to, you know, I've only been chair for about a month, so it's kind of a new thing, but I'm trying to figure out how to, I would like to actually have times where we can talk about things that might not be, you know, we seem to be just kind of more reactionary. Oh, we get a development application. We're responding to this development application because that's what we do as a planning commission, and they need a variance or they need a zoning adjustment or whatever they need. So we kind of review applications in that way. But we are updating our zoning code right now, and so that's, you know, 
a process that can be quite tedious, but I think is important. I would like to do more just like, you know, how about we spend, you know, a period at the next meeting talking about, you know, whatever current issue seems to be relevant to the community, kind of from a strong town standpoint. And uh, I would like to try to do more of that. We don't really have that set up at this point, but it's something I'm interested in pursuing more. Like, you know, we had a, supposed to have a, a meeting tomorrow and it was canceled because we didn't have anything on the agenda. Oh, but the I'm perfect. Yeah. Trying to, yeah. Take those opportunities. Like, I right, we have nothing on the agenda. How about we make an agenda and talk about whatever, you know, incremental development, for example, which I see is on topic for this week on Strong Talk. It is. <laughs> <laughs> You're a founding member, which I, I don't know if everybody knows what that is, but you way back, I mean, it was like four years ago, we asked people who were reading our stuff and, and sharing our stuff to sign up and become members. And about at that time, about 300 roughly people did. Our audience was, you know, a tenth of what it is now. We were very much smaller, much leaner, very, I would say a different kind of organization, but we were, we were kind of feeling our way through the dark in some ways and what we were going to be when we grew up. And we asked people, you know, Hey, would you help us? And, and you were one of a, a small number of people who stepped forward. What prompted you to do that at, at that time? And, you know, why have you hung with us all these years? You know, I came across strong towns. It, you know, the stuff that I learned on the, your, on your website was just different than I'd seen anywhere else. It was just such a unique way of thinking about things and a lot of it when you read it it's like well of course it should be like this that seems obvious but it's not and it's not the way we do things and even on the other planning and urban design organizations that you know i'm members of i'm a member of and participate in as well you know strong Towns just has a different feel it's definitely more grassroots and it's becoming more polished, but I'd say definitely in the early days it was less polished and seemed, you know, more <laughs> informal. And I, and I, and I like that aspect of it, you know, yeah. it wasn't some big national, you know, nonprofit machine at the time. And it was kind of exciting. Um, and it just seemed like a good fit for me at the time, something I would love to support. And I'm happy to keep supporting because I think the, the work that you do is really important you know, we need to get the word out to as many people as possible. And I think, you know, incrementally over time that's been happening and I'm happy to keep supporting that. And I know, you know, having started my own nonprofit with the group here, that's, it's really hard to do. <laughs> you know, it takes a lot of energy and, uh, you know, we're trying to feel our way into that as well. Like how, who are we and how do we, you know, get people to make some contributions so we can continue the work and expand it and, yeah, I mean, I'm happy to stay involved and, and contribute and support Strong Towns as much as I can. I want to thank you so much because especially in those early days when it was less polished, we were trying to figure out, you know, what we were going to do. There were a lot of people who, you know, said, I, I don't know quite where this is going to end up and I don't know quite where this is, uh, you know, the journey that we're on, but I'm I'm happy to help out. And you were one of them. And I, I just, I can't thank you enough. Uh, we included you and and the other founding members in the front of our, our last book, just to acknowledge that and put that prominently on our website too, because it's like, we, we couldn't have done it without you guys in the early days. So thank you. And, and thanks for continuing to be a member and thanks for agreeing to, to do the podcast. And, and thanks for all the work you do there in Sebastopol to share a message with others. I, I really, really appreciate it. 
No problem. I'm happy to do it. Paul Fritz, smalltownurbanism.com. Thanks so much. You take care. Thanks. Thanks, Doc. Keep it stronger And nothing's gonna bring